And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. All right, we are back. It is the Weighing In Podcast, and you just heard it. Josh the Pog Thompson. <laughs> it sounds like it's the what Pog. It sounds like, I don't though. understand that. We're going to have. And yeah. hey, we're, talking, we're talking MCW, Michael C. Williams, a guy that yep. can just enunciate anything. Kind of made it sound like the punk was the Pog, but that's all right. What are you doing, Bubba? He's a little, he's probably mad at me. When he filmed this, he was probably mad at me. Some, no, some sort of like. You. Mike nah, doesn't get that, mad. He's too everyone, kind. He is kind of a kind guy. Yeah, he is. Super nice. Tall as all hell, though. What is he like? Six four? Yeah. Six four. I don't know. He's he's tall. Yeah, I don't I feel a little intimidated when I'm around him, but he's super nice. He's super nice. <laughs> you, you feel intimidated because he's like I said, he can enunciate anything and you go, but I I don't like to I just don't like to have to do this to people. Like I don't like to have to look up for you guys at home. I'm like, I'm like, it's like I feel like I have to it's it's weird to me. Like I just I if people are that tall, I just stay away from them. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. I look Michael right in the eye. So yeah, what the well, hell? He's like a beanstalk. You, you're like a big oak tree, right? Like it doesn't feel like I don't feel like you're that big until until I see you in videos next to me. I'm like, holy shit, you are big. I don't know what it is. We did the videos in Hawaii. And we were standing side by side. I was like, can I get a fucking box? I was like, what the fuck? This isn't funny, man. People are gonna think I'm freaking like four two. No, you're Man, not four two. You're at least five I'm, two. I'm at least five eight. <laughs> at least five six. Five, I'm at least five six. Right? At least five six. Nah, you're taller than yeah. five six. I'm giving you five nine. And if people ask me, I'm gonna lie to them and tell them the truth. Tell them the truth. <laughs> <laughs> the new job. Uh, but hey, before we get started, go to WayneInPodcast.com. Pick up some of our merch. It's available there. We've got all the different types of hoodies, sweaters, sweatshirts. Sweater, sweatshirts, yes. Ah! Uh, coffee mugs, all the business. Sorry, guys, man. I can't. I get it wrong. I always just say sweaters. Like whatever. They're all just sweaters, sweatshirts. <laughs> I guess apparently I need to say. So we have a listener, uh, Amanda Guerra. She uh, likes to poke fun at me because I call them sweaters, but they're not sweaters. She's like, oh, she was expecting to see like some nice, like fashionable, like female sweaters on there, and she's like, there's no freaking sweaters on here. So oh, that'd be cool. No, they're not. They're sweatshirts. Anyways, wait, go to WayneInPodcast.com, pick up some of our merch. I want to thank you guys for supporting our show. And, John, we've got a lot to talk about, man. We're going to do the four. We're going to start off first with a recap of the yeah. Davis fight. I know, I know, guys. I'm, look, for those of you guys in the comments, oh, man, the one fight this weekend, Josh didn't even watch it. Guys, I'm moving my gym. I'm, mo I'm, I'm moving my studio. As soon as we get off this thing today, I'm moving my studio, like how John had to do it a couple months back. A month or two ago, no so fun. it's going to be a process. So I had to move out all my mats. I had over two um, 120 mats or whatever. I had to move out of my gym, plus all the fitness equipment, and everything else. So I'm moving my or not moving my gym. Shut my gym down and uh, focusing more on podcasts. So hopefully we get, start. Maybe we might even start giving you some more podcasts. Who knows? Maybe one extra a week. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe like a special show that we're working on. Podcast Dave has done some great graphics on some new stuff there, John. Yeah, he's yeah. making me feel old with some of the video game stuff, but he's it's good though. <laughs> I'm still I'm still too old to remember though. So, <laughs> oh man, well, he'd, you, he'd have you, to go what, back your video to game Pong. was what Pong? 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 I was gonna say Pong, right? <laughs> Pong. I could see that with the little the little uh, dial, right? You went left. Yeah, a little right, dial, a little right. paddle goes yeah. back and forth. Ball, ding, ding, ding. Yep, Perfect. Yep. Pong. All right. Well, uh, let's get into that fight. So look. 
Let's go right into it. first my bookie. We talked about with mybookie.ag. We talked about the over and the under on that. The over on it was over six and a half. Yep. Which kind of worked out because it went basically like forty seconds over. You know, first uh, off, let me ask you one. Let me ask you one question: Is yep. that over? It was over six and a half. Winner. Thank you very yeah. much. That's all I <laughs> yeah. need to know. So, no, it was it was a uh, yeah. I mean, he was waiting for the right opportunity, but John, I got to go back into. We were talking about this off air. Is that he was losing that fight though? It, just, oh, yes, it was, he was because of the output. It was. Uh, I had Romero winning. I think it was Romero. I think it was four one or three two. I could have seen him going a couple. But I, I had a four one. I think as well. I think I gave Romero or not Romero, but I gave Tank. I think the fourth round, the third or fourth round. I'm trying to remember. But regardless, though, he just didn't have as much output. He had landed some clean shots. He had done a lot of good work. But you can see Romero was gaining a little bit of confidence as the fight was going on because he was a hitting with some good shots. I wouldn't say he was the faster fighter, but no. the reach, the range and the reach Tank size. was having a hard time with. Yeah, the size, the physical size of it all. But then that reach is a big deal when you're dealing. He could get in and get out without getting hit until he overextended and he jumped in on something and Tank was able to sidestep out, land that beautiful left hook right to the chin. That's exactly what we were talking about the week before the fight in our midweek show. And I said, look, his lateral movement and his footwork and throwing off of that. Yeah. He's very impressive. Very impressive. And he's a very patient fighter. My concern is that power. Yeah, he does. And there's that. We we also said the equalizer. He's got the equalizer for sure in terms of his hands, his hands, his hand power. Um, He's got dogs, man. He's got dogs in those in those hands. Dude, that, but he at that weight, one punch, one punch power that's crazy. to just start someone because he starched him. You saw how he went down. It was like, oh, my God, he's in trouble. Yeah. And, yeah. And it wasn't able to recover. Reminded me a little bit. I mean, not as much of a straight was uh, Marquez versus Pacquiao, the third, third or fourth one where he got where Pacquiao got knocked out and went face down. Didn't oh, yeah, move at all. But those ropes, those ropes kind of woke him up a little bit. I think it was the fourth one. Yeah. Um, it was the last time that they fought. Yep. But then the ropes kind of held up Romero. Had he had he landed face first, he probably would have stayed out. I mean, because he was falling, like he was going down pretty straight, and then he hit the ropes and kind of woke him up a little bit, twisted him around a little bit in the ropes. But overall, it was it I know people are gonna sit back and go, Man, it was a boring fight. But there was like that that kind of sitting on the edge of your seat going. You're Man, waiting for that something moment. Something could happen. Something yeah, could happen. Here it moment. comes. Here it comes. I think that's maybe what the difference is between boxing and, and MMA. There's so many different things that you can use in MMA. Like, oh, why is he shooting? Why isn't he trying to get a takedown? Why isn't he clinching? Why isn't he elbowing her or whatever? You know, um, why aren't they doing this? With boxing, right? It's it really is just why is he not throwing? Or he said, throw <laughs> this, throw that, use your work. Like there's you're on the edge of your seat, always waiting. For that punch to land. If it does, great. If it does, like we got luckier that this time it did. It landed. Boom. Lights out. Sometimes you wait and wait and wait till the 12th round and you're like, fuck, nothing happened. I just watched 12 rounds of nothing. (laughs) You know? (laughs) That's the frustration with boxing. 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 Two weapons. A left hand and a right hand. Two targets. Body and head. MMA? What? 14 weapons? Yeah. Yeah. Probably 13, 12 targets. I mean, huge difference. I always say in MMA, there's so many ways to lose. 
that's the real thing because you can you could be doing everything right in all these different areas and you make one mistake in one little area and the guy takes advantage of you it's like you know you could be beating the shit out of someone on the feet you're just just piecing them up and then they get one takedown you do the right thing in getting yourself up but then you make the wrong turn or you go the wrong way in something and all of a sudden you tighten the submission it's over you made one mistake. There's so many ways to lose. Javante Davis has given me a little bit of that Floyd-esque kind of uh, performances oh, now inside, well, talking to people in the crowd, talking to his mom while he's in the corner. Um, how do you feel about that? Look, he comes. He comes from, you know, Floyd's camp, and so he's he's emulating the guy that he respects and that he wants to be like, hmm. and. I understand it. I always say when you have somebody like Floyd or you had, you know, just I don't care who it is in whatever sport. That person has made giant footprints. Don't try to walk in his footsteps. Floyd's footprints Make are not your big. own. They're small. It's <laughs> probably like a size seven. <laughs> but don't try. Don't try to walk in those in that same path. Make your own. And so, he, but he's young and he'll figure that out and he'll come up with his own stuff and everything. But yeah, he, he emulates Floyd very much so. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, look, it. <clears throat> I've said this before. Um, fighters that can feel that type of comfort in the, in the ring or the cage. Have dangerous. It. It's dangerous. dangerous because when you're that relaxed, and you understand you you're 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 hearing everything you're seeing everything you can it's flowing you've got to just you've got to let it go let keep yeah. it going like if that's the way you feel talk to the crowd if that's the way you feel talk to your mama in the corner that's what he was doing in between rounds he was talking to his mom he's yelling for his mom 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 and she was you know hyping him up if that's the way you feel have at it man because that to me is that that type of relaxation in there that's hard to come by it doesn't matter right. how good you are doesn't matter how good you are. That's hard to come by. And I can be honest, some of, some of my best performances in the cage were when I was that relaxed. If you go back and watch the first Gilbert fight, I'm talking to people in the in the crowd. I'm, I'm waving to people in the crowd. I'm winking at people. Like, I'm looking at, for the camera up. And yeah, you were so relaxed. <laughs> I felt so relaxed in that first round. You know, I felt so good. I felt comfortable. I felt like he he, he felt slow. He didn't feel strong. When, Is that what he took I, you down? You took you down and you were like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I think so. I got back <laughs> yeah. up real quick. But no, regardless, though, it was like there's fight, but then there's also fights. The Eves Edwards fight. I got real cocky in that first fight, in that yeah. first round. And I was, but I was feeling it because I was like, oh man, he can't. You were talking. You were talking during that fight too. I, I was talking to to Matt Hughes, to Jens Pulver. Jens and I were supposed to fight several times. Yeah. And um, in Boise, you know, when I was living in Idaho at the time, and he was kind of living in that area as well, and was training out with Militich and those guys. He wrestled at Boise State. We were supposed to fight several times in some in some of the smaller shows. And then he went to the UFC, and then that never happened. And I got to the UFC, and I was like, okay, this is going to happen again. So I was talking to him, and I was talking to other people. And so it was kind of – that that led to my demise, <laughs> trying to do too much. I had won the first round clearly. I should have done less, man. I should have just been like, you know what, 20 <laughs> seconds left less. in the first round. Should have just not done anything, but it is what it is, man. So, But, uh, but overall, I think if you're going to feel that kind of relaxation in there, do it enjoy yeah. it you know like it it benefits you i think it benefits you it lets the punches come out a little bit more smoothly you see everything you feel everything you're feeling he, he was filling his oats that night 
could add a little bit more output, but that has to do with your de- when you're dealing with someone who has punchy power as well. Romero's got punchy power, man. And that reach and range, I think, was giving him a hard time, especially in the first two rounds. He yeah. started to figure it out, I think, in round three or four. He st- Davis started to figure out, you know, the reach and the speed started- and, the, and, the, and that. I thought the difference was Romero started chasing him more. Yeah. And he, he was not cutting him off in the same fashion. And that was because of what Tank had adjusted and was doing. He was he was having a harder time in cutting him off. So it's it's all the little things that end up adding up to that one moment. And mm-hmm. Davis was able to, you know, take advantage of it, landed the shot. It was a good fight as far as if you're going into that, most people are thinking that Davis is going to walk through Romero. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, hey, this, should, this should be a good fight. It, like you said, the out, the the output could have been more, mm-hmm. but overall, tactically, uh, I thought it was an interesting fight. I, I enjoyed it. So, yeah, it comes back to like I said, they they both kind of it kind of had it, even though because for boxing they had me on the edge of my seat. Gave, yeah, someone's gonna land something. Someone's yep. gonna land something, and then boom, they did. But hey. You guys, if you guys were listening to our show the week before, you would have made a little extra money on that mybookie.ag using our promo code Wayne in. We said over six and a half, and it just barely made it, but it made it, right? <laughs> it made it. Just Doesn't made matter. it. Made it. Just made it. So, all right, guys. Well, hey, uh, Dave, what else you got for us there, buddy? All right, let's jump into the UFCs coming up this weekend. Mm-hmm. And they have a, a UFC Vegas at 55, yeah, I think it was 56. The big boys. The biggie boy. Biggie boy. Biggie boy. This show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag. Go to that QR code right there. Use that promo code Wayne, and they're going to give you a little extra spending cash on our behalf because we love you guys as fans and listeners and everything that you guys help provide for us. We want to thank you guys so much for continuing to listen to our show, the Wayne In Podcast. But you do that at MyBookie.ag. Use that promo code Wayne In. Give you a little extra spending cash for that first initial buy-in. And John... With the Tank Davis and Romero fight last weekend, we said go over six and a Come half. On, it went we over about thirty. Money. It went over about forty seconds over and the that six. That shows and you half how mark. intelligent we are. Yes, we are spot we on. So you would have made a little <laughs> bit of extra money on that one as well. But I also told you to lay the dog in Romero because he was, I believe, plus five hundred on the underdog, and uh, you would have lost some money there. But the overall picture is, hey, I got to point out the positive, which we were right. The over on six and a half rounds. They went over the six and a half rounds right before he got starched by Davis. But hey, you would never know unless you put the money down at mybookie.ag. Use that promo code Wayne in. And we want to thank you guys for continuing to support our podcast, the Wayne in podcast. Biggie boy. Um, Biggie boy. He's going to get pushed kicked to death. <laughs> he's going to get pushed kicked to death with the gut. And then he's going to get jabbed. His face is going to get jabbed off. No, I think I think I think it's a good fight, but you're going to see. A, I I look at this fight almost as if it's a very similar fight to the Derek Lewis fight. I think that Volkov can stick and move, stick and move for the five rounds. Touch, touch, touch. Stick and move. Use that. Use the long jab. Use the long range punches. Fight from the outside. Now, this is a heavyweight fight in the apex in a small cage. Yes. So that definitely that favors matter. Biggie Boy. No, doesn't. I don't think. I don't think so. He's not trying to take. He's not trying to take. Look at the guys that give Volkov problems most of the time Mm -hmm. are guys trying to take him down. Yeah. Not guys that want to stand up and exchange with him. He does well with those guys. And look at Volkov has fought some really good, you know, some good kickboxers. He's beaten guys, you know, remember saying, you know, uh, what was it? Big Mo. 
Bisiglia. Yeah, you know, yep. he knocked him out. You know, he, he's he's had some really good wins against very good stand-up guys, and so this is his kind of fight. I don't think that it matters that it's in a twenty-five foot compared to a thirty-foot cage. They both are going to stand. I think you're right. The bigger cage would benefit Volkov and his movement a little bit more because you're not. I think you're going to see Rosenstrike trying to you know march him down. But in the end, it's going to be a stand-up battle. So, <clears throat> Jarzinho has a tendency to sometimes let the fight just happen. He takes his time, takes his time. This could be... Takes too much time. Takes too much time. And the rounds could slip away. He's going to have to put pressure on him. But I think also, I think even though this is going to be in the smaller cage, I think it still helps Jarzinho a lot because it cu it makes it easier for him to cut the cage off makes it easier for to, for him to take away the length of Volkov if he crush can press him inside right. that yeah if he can crush yeah. that space fight him in a phone booth I think it makes it easier for him to win this fight he's got the he's got the bigger punching power which is obvious yeah um Volkov is all about the output now if he what happens when you're in a smaller cage John is that Volkov is going to have to be on his bike a lot more He's going to have to run a lot more to stay away from the fence. He's going to have to circle out a lot more. That could potentially slow him down in those fourth and fifth rounds. So that being said, the Good power point. doesn't go away. Jarzinho is going to have the power regardless in the fourth and fifth, especially for someone who doesn't have much output. So he's just got to avoid getting hit or clipped. <clears throat> yeah, he did. let's just be honest. He doesn't have a lot of output. So, uh, But he's got he's the power the to big go. One. Yeah, he's got the power to go along with it. He's a little different. Yeah. He's very similar to, to Derek Lewis. You know, um, and so <clears throat> when you see, when I think of Jarzino just walking him down, he's got to make sure he keeps him on his back foot, make him fight uncomfortable, and use that small cage to his advantage to land the bigger shot. If he doesn't fight him in a phone booth, he's going to get his ass kicked. He's going to yeah. get, he's going to, I mean, he's going to get pieced up with the long range punching, the long range push kicks, all of those things. And he's going to circle off, keep his back off the fence. You know, and avoid those type of positions. He's also Wolkoff's what six six six. Seven, oh no, he's no, he's six. He's at least six seven six eight six. Jesus Christ, yeah. yeah so tall. you know the the high. Oh, but how tall is uh, Jarzinho? Five six, six three. Six, five, five six, six five seven six, three six four. <laughs> you guys, if you guys haven't caught oh, on yet, two. everyone's five six five seven six two six two. Yeah, I mean he's reaching out. Wolkoff's six seven six eight. What's Volkov? He's at least six seven. He's a tall guy, man. Yeah. Six seven. Go. Good call, yeah. big John. Good call. Look at that John sipping his coffee like he just fucking Yeah. You get a winner. <laughs> took all the money out of the pot. You get a drink. <laughs> winner, winner, baby. Uh, but no, you have Jarzinho at six two. The size. I mean, like, even against the fence, press him to the fence, you're gonna have to hit keep that head control underneath the chin, keep him pressed if he can. You know, try to do some dirty boxing in there, grimy him out. Because Volkov is not one of those guys I don't think that likes to be likes to fight a dirty fight, likes to fight inside the inside the trenches. He's someone likes to... No, he likes to a use, clean technical fight. Yeah, and yeah. so if Jarzinho can make it that way, I think he's got a good chance of winning this fight, man. A good way of of dirtying it up, making the, the waters muddy and just kind of making Volkov fight an uncomfortable fight. That's the way he's going to have to fight him inside that smaller cage. Yeah, I agree with you. But it, you just look at the matchup itself. They match up really well with each other. They both come at each other with... You know, basically kickboxing. Neither one likes to go to the ground. Uh, this is one that I will say, I don't think you're going to see a takedown attempt no. unless someone gets clipped and hurt. But 
either guy can win. There's just a difference in how they win. I don't see Volkov getting rid of Rosenstruck. I know that he's been knocked out. He got knocked out by Ngannou and stuff, but he's got a good chin. And he takes a good shot. Really, that push kick up the middle, that to the body can make huge differences in this fight. If Volkov, you know, keeps going back to using that, that could put punch a hole in the gas tank. But I look at Volkov's way of, you know, to take him into the, the later rounds. Jarzino's got the power. He could end this thing at any time. It's the question of, does he actually land that shot that puts Volkov out? That's a tough one. Yeah, it's all about crushing the space, though. He's got to get inside yep. that pocket. It's a lot of how people have had to deal with John Jones. You know, they've had to try to get on the inside. John, though, is a different level of fighter when he gets on the inside, from yeah. the knees to the elbows to and all John's of those And John's not things. worried about the grappling section because he, he excels at it. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not to mention, I mean, he's not he's very hard to take down. Volkov <laughs> is not, Volkov's not the same. That's the whole you know? difference. He yeah. excels at it. Volkov yeah. does not. True. So. But overall, I think it's going to end up being a good fight. I mean, maybe there might be some lackluster time, you know, in there where there's not a lot of output, depending on Jarzino if he's pushing the pace. But yeah. I think overall, it should be a pretty good main event. Yeah, should be. Right. Should be fun. Next fight, Dan Ige against Evelov. Oh my God, this is a good fight. Evelov is good. I I love Dan. So it's Ige. not a good fight for Dan Ige then. I don't. I'm not saying that. I don't. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all because. He's got that style of he he'll take damage to give damage, you know, and he's got the ability. He's got a gas tank on him and he's got to put up the, the biggest problem I see with this is actually the three round mark. Dan Ige in a five round fight, I give more odds towards winning than I do in the three round fight, but he could definitely win this fight. He's he's good everywhere. It's just that Evelov is also good. He's good in the stand up. He's good on the ground. And in three rounds, I don't know if Ige can break him down enough to get that win. But it's this is a great matchup. Certain fighters have become accustomed to performing better in a five-round situation. Yeah. And I think Dan Ige is one of those guys. You know, you start thinking about certain fights. Like, Diego Sanchez, to me, like, he would almost give away the first two rounds. And then you start coming on rounds three, four, and five. I'm trying to remember what the fight was. I think it was the fight with uh, Ellenberger. Was it Ellenberger? Where Diego started coming yeah. on, I think in that fight, he was lo he was losing the he lost the first two rounds, but he really put it on Jake Ellenberger, I think, in the third round, yeah. and then I think people were calling for like a fourth and a fifth or something along those lines. But anyways, yeah. it was like Diego Benson was one Henderson of those guys. Like that. Who? Benson Henderson. Oh, Benson. Like yeah, that. Benson. Benson didn't even get started till round three. <laughs> it's like the kids are just in phenomenal, phenomenal shape. Yeah, there's a lot. There's there's been quite a few fighters. Um, I know like myself, I always seemed like I gave away the first round. It's just like, it was one of those things. I wasn't physically strong. It was kind of, I didn't have any punching power. So no one needed to respect what I had to do on the feet in terms of power. So it was like, okay, they could just walk you down and just kind of deal with it. But then you just try to push as much of the pace, make them fight a fast pace in that first round to slow them down enough to, to be competitive in the second and the third. So, um, but overall, man, Dan's a dog. He's tough, and oh. that's the style of which he fights, and it is. He takes a lot of damage. Was concerned because I like the kid. I, I I've known him a long time. I think I've known him since he was a before he was in the UFC. Obviously, I've known him, but he uh, he was Ali's assistant for uh, his manager. He was an assistant to his manager, and then as Ali is a manager, and then he started working really hard, doing a lot of pro he had a lot of progress in terms of um, his growth. 
Started training a lot with the uh, Dagestan guys. Would come to AKA every once in a while. The kid's a stud, man. Overall, he's a great, great person too. Super nice, super nice kid. So should be a good fight. I mean, but they're not doing him any favors, man. They keep giving oh him all these God, really, really kidding? tough fights. Take like, a, can pull, this kid? Can this kid dude, get do me a, a tough... favor, Dave? Pull up, pull up Ige's record real quick. <clears throat> he's faced the who's who in the featherweight yeah. division. Let's yep. take a look. Okay, it's just you know. If you go for the last, well, let's say since 2020, he beats Bektik, who everyone expected Bektik to be one of the guys because he's super athletic, super good. Beats him. Beats Edson Barbosa. He loses to Calvin Cater. Gavin Tucker, he gets a win. Then he loses to the Korean Zom, and he loses to Emmett. I mean, dude, he's not fighting anybody that's an yeah. easy goddamn fight. No. A bunch of killers and stuff. He's a stud, man. He's a, He's stud. a stud. He'll he take on anybody. He will. He will. That's the benefit of having guys like him on the roster, man. You guys, you think about guys like Diego, right? We'll fight anybody. Guys like Donald Cerrone will fight anybody. Call me on a week's notice. I'm sure I'll take the paycheck. Like, they don't think about their records. They don't think about what can happen, you know, like in terms of for long term, which is, which is. It's good for the not moment. Not always good. It's not always it's good. good. I mean, it's yeah, good it's for the good moment. for the moment. And it's, uh... Yeah. <clears throat> But I mean, that's that's the that's the business we're in, man. Got to make those right. decisions. Do you want to make a ton of money, or do you want to potentially try to get to that title shot and still make a ton of money? So it's kind of a <clears throat> you strategically plan your career, try to get the wins you can that best benefit you against the fighters that you think you believe you can beat, or yep. do you just throw caution in the wind and fight whoever they put in front of you and you know and try to get and just still try to get the title shot, but the chances are less likely. Right. He's tough. We're going to see. It's yeah. going to be a good fight. I think uh, Dan's going to have to get started fast, though, if he wants to get that win. Yeah. <clears throat> um. What else? Who else on oh, this? Lucas Almeida versus Michael uh, Trezano. Trezano? Ooh, it's a good fight. Another good fight. That's, Give that's it a, to me. That's a great matchup. Ah, man, I, I like Trezano. He's very good in the stand-up. Uh, Almeida is a stud. He's mm. good everywhere. I'm not <clears throat> saying that Trezano can't beat him. But as you look at it, I mean, this is a this is a fight that either guy. This is a fifty fifty fight if I if I'm looking at it. It's both guys are good. Both guys are good everywhere. They each I think Trezano in the stand up might have an advantage. I think mm-hmm. uh, in the ground, Almeida <clears throat> might have. I don't know. It's close. They're just. Uh, it's a great fight though. Again, and the, you take a look. This is the lighter weight fighters again. Featherweight. Mm-hmm. They're so they're so deep with how many good guys they have because i don't even know is either guy even ranked right now i don't think so i don't think so either and they're both good <clears throat> yeah 35s and 45s are i think right now for them are the most stacked division no i yeah, don't see it neither right guy's now. ranked <clears throat> trouble yeah trouble. almeida's gonna be tough for a lot of people and just his just the way he fights, his body style, all those things, he's gonna be tough for a lot of people. So, yep. but I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards Almeida over Trezano. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, it's yeah. Probably the way I would go, but it's <clears throat> there's no doubt Trezano could beat him. Oh, uh, then uh, Silva versus Botello. Good fight, good matchup. I li- I like the uh, the Alonzo Minifield versus Muscar Oscar. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Because someone's going to sleep in that one, I think. Someone's. Hmm. We'll see. 
We're going to see both got punchy power. Both are good all the way around. Both like to stand and bang. It's going to yep. be a good fight. Yep. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen Felice Harrigan in a long time. Where's she Yeah. Been? You know, she's always training, always doing something. Felice is that person. I look at Felice Harrigan. I don't care what promotion she's in. She's always been great for every promotion that she's been part of because she, you know, she she walks the walk. She talks the talk. She plays the part. She does everything you want to see. Mm-hmm. You know, she's good for your promotion and stuff. And and I think Carolina is just a, you know, a, a super nice, kind person. Very sweet. Just has been on a really hard streak is that she can't get a win. And this is this is the, the, the fight where you're looking, you're going, Carolina has is is good in the stand-up. Now, Felice came from a stand-up background, but I think her grappling is actually better than her stand-up. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, when she hits the ground most of the time that she ends up being a, the better fighter. And in this situation, I would put her ground game against Carolina's. I think it's better. I think in the stand-up, I think Carolina is a little sharper and faster. And I mm-hmm. think the speed in the stand-up goes to Kovacavich. I think she can... Uh, if she can keep the fight on her feet, this is that's her route for getting the win against Felice. <clears throat> Felice, she seems like she has a hard time with her fight IQ. She doesn't fight smart very often. <clears throat> she gets into these dog fights. Yeah, she does. She doesn't need to. She she's can tough. utilize, like you said, she can utilize her grappling a lot more. She's she's got good grappling. She's got decent like kind of like takedowns and wrestling and stuff. She just doesn't utilize it enough. And then she makes mistakes. Even still, she still makes mistakes on the ground. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's really, it really comes down to, will she fight smart? Will she go out there and get the win versus, I don't know, just making mistakes time and time again that cost her fights. I mean, she yeah. she should have a better record than she is because she's a better fighter than she, her record shows. Yeah, but so, again, she, she takes on, <laughs> she, she doesn't duck anybody. She takes on. No. Any fighter they put in front of her, and so again, I I think she goes out there looking to put on a performance. She doesn't. She obviously she wants the win, but she looks at. I look at. Am I going to go out there and put on a good performance? Yeah, she's happy. Uh, Scroll down to the bottom there, so we can see more of these fights. Is there any other fights on this card that you're interested in? Ah. Nah, not really. I mean the the Aaron Bla- <laughs> well, I mean Aaron Blatchfield versus uh JJ Aldrich starting mm-hmm. it off. I think that's a, it's a that's an interesting fight. JJ's really changed her uh abilities as fighting on the ground. She came in as a stand-up fighter, had problems, you know, with people taking her to the ground. She's been doing very well there now. Blatchfield is someone she's dominating as far as holding position, taking people down, beating them up there. So interesting fight. We're going to see exactly how much JJ has improved if that fight goes to the ground. Because if she can stay on the ground with Blanchfield, she's really showing exactly how good she's gotten down there. Got it. All right. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk, and then we're going to uh, jump into something else. What are we going to do there, Dave? All right. So I only have um, really one news piece uh, where Dom Cruz has responded to Cheeto, um, who basically. Uh, said that Dom has turned down a fight against him and Dom says he doesn't turn down fights. So what do you think of that fight if they end up putting it together? It's not a good fight for Dominic Cruz. (laughs) 
I would have said, no, honestly, I would have said five years ago. Totally different. I think, yeah, totally different. But, I mean, no different how I feel about all the other fighters. They start aging out. It's it's a tough fight, man. The power of uh, Cheeto's kicks will slow Dom down. Uh, on the ground, Cheeto's he's good and crafty on the ground as well as good at getting back up into his feet. He is physically the bigger fighter as well. The punching power, and he, he can prove that he can take a, uh, a shot. And if they made that fight, it would probably be a main event fight, given Dom's um, tenure in the UFC, being the champion, all of those things. They're going to try to build Chito and try to get him to that title shot. They like the way he fights. They like the things that he does in that cage. He's action-packed. He takes a lot of shots and delivers a lot of shots. What's not what's there not to like about Chito Vera? And so when you're talking about it in terms of a promotion, I'm trying to build that young guy who is yeah. – he's not even that young, to be honest. What is he, 29, 30? <clears throat> he might be older yeah. than that. Yeah, I think he's older than that. Yeah, so Cheeto's probably, I think, 29 or 30. But regardless, I, I mean, he's still – He's 29. Yeah, he's 29. So yeah. I think I think for him that he's in that prime, and they understand that he has the, – the way he fights – Taking the, the shots he he's going to take. They like him. They love it. They love yeah. the way he fights, but those careers don't tend to last long. <laughs> so they got to they gotta make as much money off of him as they can. Having him beat somebody like uh, Dom starts pushing Dom out a little bit because Dom, Dom probably makes a ton of money for these fights still. Have him fight Cheeto. Cheeto uses him as a stepping stone. That's, this is, it's a revolving door, you guys. No, and this is not – I'm not There's telling – there's a pattern to this. If you haven't figured yes. out the pattern of what happens when you're the guy and Dominic had been the guy for how long, mm-hmm. you know, he had the injuries and that took away a lot of his, you know, time in the cage and his ability to fight. But Dominic was the guy in the Bantamweights for a long time. Mm-hmm. But when you're that guy, same as Anderson Silva, and like, this is not that the UFC doesn't like Dominic Cruz. They just know that Dominic Cruz is at the end of, the road with his fight career and they know that Cheeto Vera is a guy that they can market and get behind for several more years and they look and say well you know it's time to let's let's see if he can beat Dominic and if he can he can put you know I, I call it the pelt he can put that pelt on the wall saying you know I got that lion too that's just part of what it is that's that it's the fight game and it happens and I'm not saying that Dominic is uh is you know ducking Cheeto Vera? I'm not saying that at all, but I'm not saying that would that, that's such a bad idea either. It's, yeah, it's not a good fight for it's not Dom. a good and, fight and, for Dominic, in my opinion. I think Dom will give him problems the first round, first, and first a half, round and a half, maybe two rounds if he can get. He's going to get, but I don't think Cheeto's going to respect his power. So he's no. going to come forward. He's going to throw nasty leg kicks to slow the movement down. He's not of worried about any, he's not worried about any of Dominic's takedowns because if Dominic does take him down, he's comfortable there and he knows. I I believe I'm better on the ground than yeah. Dominic is. So yeah, Dominic may get the, the takedown, but he's going to get up from it, and then it's a matter of attrition, and how much how many shots does Dominic put on? And this is the whole thing with Dominic. It's not that he can't throw and have power. He just can't do it with all the movement that he associates with his style. He can't generate the same amount of power because his feet are not planted and he's not throwing for that power. He's throwing for the volume and to touch you and to get in and out all his work for him forever. He's a little bit slower now. 
that's going to change things a little bit. He's getting hit a little bit more. And so you just look and you go, if you don't have that power, then Vera's not going to respect you at all, and he's going to really start to crush that space. Look look at how he was crushing the space with Rob Font. Even when Rob Font was was touching him well, he's still crushing that space on him. Yeah. He's going to do the same thing with Dominic. Yeah, but what's made Dom so effective is not just his movement, but his punches and kicks come from different angles that you don't see. Yeah. So that's why he's had great success is that people get frustrated and they get flustered and they're like, man, I, all it's going to take is for one thing that I don't see to knock me out. So they become hesitant. And that's the, that's what happens when you fight Dominic Cruz. That's how TJ Dillashaw and the guys that do all that footwork, and that's what makes it frustrating when people fight him. Is because, man, I'll, I'm going to end up making the wrong move and, see, and not seeing something that's going to knock me out. So they become hesitant. They stand back. They kind of try to uh, sniper them out. They try to hit them with shot. They try to hit them with just one shot. And then that ends up being their demise. Cheeto, I don't think he's going to be that guy. He's going to walk forward and he's going to throw a leg kick. So every time he'll take the shot, I think, on the chin from a punch. But he's going to throw that leg kick to try to slow Dom's movement down. If he's able to yeah. slow Dom's movement down, it's going to make it easier for him to potentially catch Dom. So, and he's got nasty leg kicks that we've seen, obviously, in the last couple of fights. You know, from uh, Sugar Sean to uh, to Rob Font, those yeah. leg kicks are nasty. Yeah. So, but if I was Dom, I I would. I'm not saying he's ducking him, and no way am I saying he's ducking him. But I also don't think that the UFC, they, I think the UFC understands. Dom's been around for a while. Either we give him in a main event status, so we can build, start building Cheeto off of him. Or they still like Dom, and we're like, you know what? We're going to slow it a little bit. Dom, let's figure out somebody else for you to fight. I don't understand why they haven't made the fucking Frankie Edgar and Dom I, fight yet. I don't. That's what I don't I don't either. get it. See, this is what I'm talking about, John. There's certain fights that fans, not just, not just people like me and like nerds like us, because, you know, you and I nerd out on shit like this. Yes. And for me, I want to see the Frankie Edgar and the Dom fight. How could What's you not? The, I don't understand. Like, two look, legends guys... of the UFC. Two guys that have been there for how long? Two guys. I mean, Frankie's been there forever. Yeah. Forever. And he's he was your lightweight champion. He went all the way, you know, fought for the featherweight title. You know, he's done it all. Dominic has been that guy in the bantamweight like I was talking about. He is a legend there. How can you not think that that's not going to be a fun, great fight? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have any title implications or anything like that so what yeah that's a great fight yeah i'm a little upset we haven't we haven't that's the point that's the point that i keep going back to is that like there was a ton of fights that i really wanted to fight when i came back over to the oc from strike force cerrone being like pretty much the number one guy you know pettis obviously was the younger guy but i was more looking at at cerrone just never was offered and this yeah. I, these are the fights that like man as a fight fan and as a nerd, I really want to see that fight. And I'm hoping that one day we get to, but I hope it's not too late. I don't want the luster to be kind of taken out. It kind of already has. Should This fight should have happened two fights ago for both fighters. What's Dominic, 38? <clears throat> Somewhere in there. Frankie, I think, is 40. 40. 39 or 40, Frankie. Yeah. I think he's 40. He can't wait much longer. So, huh? yeah. Anyways. I just don't want it to be a Mayweather Pacquiao fight where it's like, okay, look, they're both. Yeah, it should have happened five happened years before. Two, three years before. Dom's only thirty six. Oh, he's only thirty six. Yeah. I think Frankie's forty. He is. Frankie's forty. I know that one. But okay. I still think that'd be a great fight. Yeah. Fun one. Yep. Forty. Yep. <clears throat> it would be fun. All right. What else, Dave? What else you got for us, buddy? All right. We do have a boxing title fight this weekend. <clears throat> uh, Combosis versus Haney. 
12 inch lightweight tail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're thinking that Haney's going to be the favorite, which he Absolutely. is. Absolutely. So Haney will be the favorite over Cambosis. Ooh. Now it's, it's happening on- in Australia, mm-hmm. which is where. Look at George Cambosis had a great, a great fight against uh, Lopez. Teofilo Lopez, he, you know, but Teofilo did not fight smart. Devin Haney is a smart, slick fighter. I'm not saying that Cambosis is not a good fighter. He is tough, gritty. But man, when but, you're going against a guy I, that I, is. I feel, I feel a butt's coming on. But. When you're going against a guy that's a technician and technically really good, has power, doesn't make the same mistakes, you know, that other guys sometimes will. That's a, that's a tough task, and and we're t- now we're talking about. And this is the difference I always say with MMA and boxing is you can be the lesser athlete in MMA and still beat that better athlete based upon doing the right things at the right time, right technique. Story of my career, John. Story Hello. of my career. <laughs> it's a lot harder to do in boxing. Yeah, it's a lot harder to do. I'm not saying it can't be done. You know, there's obvious those times, but man, when you got a guy who is longer faster and has power that's a t- that's a tough combination for you to get the win against yeah it's very rare you see it guys like andy ruiz right versus uh anthony joshua yep you know like that but anthony those... ruiz is a good boxer you know, everyone looked at people didn't <clears throat> didn't realize that you know what he'd accomplished yeah but you said better athletes he's oh, yeah. definitely not the better absolutely athlete. no you're absolutely right. thank <laughs> you very much put me back there nice <clears throat> Put you back in your place, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know no, what I mean? He's not, so He's not the better athlete. Yeah. So, and that, you know, honestly, there's certain guys that have made their career that way. Yeah. You know, uh, John Fitch. You know, certain guys that made their career based off, they weren't the better athletes. I mean, shit, John Fitch was like the sixth best athlete in our room. That's how bad. <laughs> like, he wasn't He wasn't the best athlete in the room, but he ended up having the most success out of the guys like Koscheck and Fitch. Or not Fitch, yeah. but uh, Swick. He had, you know, he had more success. He had, he had won some big time fights. Don't get me wrong; those guys both did very well, you know. <clears throat> also, but, but Fitch was, I feel like, the guy that had the better career in terms of longevity and the the way that he fought. That led up to it. More of the Randy Couture. Randy Couture was a good athlete. There's no doubt about it. But a lot of the guys, athletically, were better athletes than him. Oh but my he god! Just had the better. He had the better game plan. He beat guys like Mike Van Arsdale. Don't tell me that Mike Van Arsdale was not a better athlete than Randy Couture. Nope. Mentally, fight IQ, just that's the, the, the willingness to break people, and that's exactly how he the beat difference. someone like Mike Van Arsdale. Absolutely. He beat Van Arsdale because he looked across the cage and saw that Van Arsdale was trying to quit on the stool and after started, dominating started the first two rounds. Around. And he goes, hey, I see you. He's tired. I see you. I see you. Yep. He knew exactly what was going on. He got yeah. up. He's like, "Oh, I'm ready for you." Mike Van Arsdale quit on the stool and goes, "No." Bob Mike Cook Van Arsdale the looked across there and went, "You gotta be shitting me, man. <laughs> Bob Why are Cook, you bouncing?" <laughs> Bob Cook literally slapped him in the fucking oh, cage and goes, "Hey, great. you get your fucking ass out there and finish this fight. Give me a couple <laughs> takedowns and you win this fight." And he's like, "No, Bob, I'm fucking quitting right here." He's like, "You get the fuck up and go back out there." I don't know how many times. That I had cornered Van Arsdale or, or was near the corner when Van Bob Arsdale was cornering. Van Arsdale was an him. incredible athlete. He tried to quit on the stool I don't know how many fucking times. Not just in that fight, several fights. In the fight that he fought the WFA, he got kicked right before the bell and fucking got dropped. And they and they had to basically be picked up, which was against the rules, and taken back to the corner. 
And fucking buddy goes, I'm done. I'm done. I can't breathe. I'm done. He spent the whole break in that in trying to get his fucking wind back. And then he's like, I'm not going back out there. And Bob's like, you get your fucking ass up off that stool and get out there and fight. Goes out there and finishes him in the second round. Who was the guy that had, he was the guy that had, he had Tourette's. What was his name? Oh, fuck. Uh, uh, Sour. Yeah, uh, not Pedro. It was uh, no, something. Tom Sour. Tom, Tom Sour. Sour. He that was who he was fighting. He fought Tom Sour in the WFA. Tough I fought dude. Rob McCullough the same night. Tough as hell. Tough dude. Out of the exchange, Tom Sour kicks him in the right at the bell. Kicks him with, after the first round. Right at the bell, kicks him in the fucking liver. Drops him. He fucking had to be carried. Van Arzel had to be carried back to his his corner. Bob's trying to give him water. He's like, he can't swallow it. He can't take it because he's trying to get his win back. He's like, go oh, get away from me. It just it was hilarious. He tried to quit on the stool there. Mike, Mike was better. go ahead. Mike was one of the fucking most premier athletes I've oh, ever been around unbelievable. my whole life. Unbelievable. I will tell you this. I was doing a fight. There was a guy I used to train with. His name was Joe Pardo. He oh, fights man. in the UFC. Mm-hmm. He fights Mike Van Arsdale. Mm-hmm. Mike Van Arsdale is taking him down consistently throughout this fight. And Joe hits him with a shot from underneath that clips Van Arsdale. And it just has him frozen he is and you Uh can't move but at that point that he hit him pardo goes for a leg like goes for a toehold he reaches down and he tries to go for a toehold right (laughs) so i don't stop him because van arsdale is like pardo doesn't know it doesn't realize dude all you got to do is blow on him he's done Uh. right van arsdale finally comes back and he wins the fight i was like that's the first guy I could say was almost a knocked out fighter that I just let stay there. And he, because his opponent's not doing the right thing. I was like, I went back with Joe afterwards. I said, did you not know that you hurt him that bad? He goes, hurt him. Hell, he was all over me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, but you know what the funniest part about Mike Vinarsdale was in the gym, John, he, there was a couple things, but the funniest part was he was afraid to f- spar with little guys like Dave Velasquez. He was afraid to spar with the little guys. He's like, no, no, that fucking guy is going to try to take my head off. No, I'm not sparring with that guy. That son of a bitch. He fucking, he would say the fucking, <laughs> that son of a bitch tried to fucking kill me. Kicking my leg all hard and shit. No, he tried to knock me out every goddamn punch. No way I'm fucking sparring with that guy. And Bob, Bob's like, are you serious? He's a lightweight. serious right now? He's not even a lightweight. He's fucking fought at 135 by the end of his career. He was 135, 145. I mean, he only fought at lightweight because that was the only, was the only fucking weight class, class the UFC it. had at the that's time, it. the lowest that's weight it. class. Fuck, it was hilarious. Uh, and he, it was, there's certain guys that I, I, I'd love to be around because they are great storytellers. He is right up there, right up there with fucking... Mike Sarnowski. Who is Sarno? Sarno. Sarno tells the best story. damn right, stories. Let, I got to be honest, man. I just, I just love it. I just fucking love it. Just so funny. Especially when you know the people that they're telling the story about and the people that they're telling the story about are right there as they tell it. And they're just like, that's not how I was. No, it wasn't. And they're like, yes, yes. yes. Everyone's like, yes, that's exactly how you were. That's you. But it's 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 hilarious, man. And so yeah. Mike Van Arnold's got some of the best stories about like back in the days. Kenny Monday. Fucking Kevin Jackson, just the Olympic Training Center, like Mark Kerr, 
all of those stories that he tells, it's just hilarious. I mean, you got to remember, he's got wins over a ton of top-level wrestlers when people are talking about how good he of a wrestler was, he was. He was incredible at one time. Fucking phenomenal, man. Yeah. Phenomenal wrestler. Um, I he's ne- another guy. He, he, re- he wrestled for the Army. Uh, I believe he did, yeah. yeah. He had a big gap in his teeth, Mike yeah. Van Arsdale, like Michael Strahan gap. Yeah. Right, the front. The, yeah. but the best part about him though is that he always walked around. And he flossed that shit like he loved it. He would floss <laughs> it. He'd take floss with him everywhere. He kept flossing his his gap, and he'd also carry a toothbrush around. He was always brushing his teeth everywhere he went. Didn't matter. He'd get done with wrestling. He'd get done with training. Go in the bathroom, brush his teeth. Come back out, walk around, whatever. We go have lunch. Come back out. I see him in the bathroom brushing his teeth. He was he was fucking on top of it. He's, He's a great guy, man. Fun. He, he lived with me guy. for a while. I, I forgot that he. Yeah, he lived with me for a while. He turned stayed out with to me be a while good he was coach. training. What's that? He turned out to be a good coach. Yeah, he was coaching at the Black Zillions, right? He was at Greg Jackson's first. He was Greg correct? Jackson's first. Then he went to uh, Black Zillions for a while. Yeah, and the Black Zillions was the Black Zillions. It was was that. Then Greg I think he was at Black Zillions, yeah. Who, wherever Rashad first went, yeah, it was Rashad. Black yeah, yeah, Black yeah, Zillions. Because that's where he got it. Because he was. With Rashad at when the John Wink. Jones thing happened, right? Yes. Yeah, the whole. Yeah, and then the he whole. left with Rashad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. doing that. Yeah. When the drama hit the fan. But man, there's there's I there's a ton of great stories. I mean, he the way he in, makes Kenny Monday's voice, John, he can he can he can because Kenny Monday's got a real deep voice. Yeah. Talks like this. Talk you know, really and just like yeah, that. he talks like this. And but yeah. he, <laughs> Van Arthur's got some great that stories. Dude, that dude could wrestle. Yeah. Let me yeah, tell you. Exactly. <laughs> well, guys. Anyways. Better all right. Um, what else you got for us, Dave? <clears throat> all right. Uh, we got uh, a little bonus round. Of fun- some. Oh, actually, bonus sorry. What, um, before I go there, there was uh, something that came up on my feed as we were recording. So I Uh-oh. do want to I do want to drop this for you guys. Um, Robert Whitaker has posted that he will be fighting Vittoria on uh. September 4th. Good fight. That is a good fight. Good fight. If he can stay off of his back, I think he wins this fight pretty easily. If he can stay off of his back. Vittoria on top. Vittoria getting the takedowns. Aggressive with the takedowns. Now, Whitaker's not an easy takedown. No. We all know that. People have tried to take him down, and when he does get taken down, he's pretty good at getting back to his feet. You know, he doesn't just lay off his back. He's got good submissions as well. Um, But I, I like this fight for him. I like this fight for him a lot. Vittoria's a dog. You know, oh, and yeah. uh, he's not getting the love he deserves. I was hoping to see <clears throat> Vittori and Luke Rockhold. That's the fight that I was hoping to see. That's the, I mean, I just think because if Vittori would have taken him down, that's Luke's world. And I, obviously, you guys know I'm I'm skewing more towards my boy. Okay, but I mean, like, I just think that Vittori would have tried to take him down, would try to get rid of the reach and the range, you know, against Luke. Because Luke's got vicious kicks, nasty kicks from long range. He's got good striking when he keeps his chin tucked, you know. Uh, but if Vittori was to try to get in on that and try to get the takedown against him, Luke would have eaten him up on the ground, tore him up on the ground. So, just my my my, my thoughts on it. But this fight's a good fight. I, I'm a great actually, fight. Uh, I, I think it's gonna be a great fight. With girl sprawl and brawl, keep it on the feet, touch him a little bit with the leg kicks in the hands. And Vittori's gonna press him to the fence, try and slow him down, try to get outside of his get inside of his uh his striking range, potentially try to get a couple takedowns here and there. Uh he's got the gas tank. We know Vittori's got the gas tank the way it's he kept only, shooting on. Yeah, not only he, the gas tank, it's his style. The guys that end up giving 
Robert a little bit of trouble are the guys that can actually make him go on his back foot, guys that actually push him back. Don't allow Robert to control where he wants to be at. So Vittori is that guy. He can he can do that. So this is a great matchup. This is a – you're looking at what, number one against number three as far as ranking? That's yeah. perfect. Yeah, I think you get into that stage of what do you do with Robert Whitaker? That's a tough one. You know, if someone one. beats Izzy, what do you do with him? Yeah, and that's – but it's the same thing with Vittori. You're in that – he's fought Izzy twice. Mm-hmm. Robert's fought him twice. You know, they both have walked yeah. away with, you know, losses on both of them. Now, Vittori can say what he wants about, the, you know, the split decision he thought he won. Okay, but you didn't. The f- judges yeah. gave it to uh, Izzy. He got the win, so – it's tough to put either guy right now back against the champ. You know, that's. Yeah. I think what well, Cannoneer is the guy that uh, is in between at number two, right? And he's fighting Izzy next. Is Cannoneer one of those guys you look at like a Matt Sarah GSP type situation right now? Yeah. Where like it, he could potentially shock the world. Oh, he could. Because like everyone's like, oh, you know. Cannoneer, okay, whatever, just kind of by default because Izzy's already beat the other top. And is Izzy going to take him lightly? Izzy's been wanting to fight him for a while, though, saying he deserves a title shot. But is he going to be like, oh, yeah, this is kind of one of those tailor-made fights for me and just kind of take him lightly a little bit? I mean, this is one of those situations that Cannoneer can utilize the wrestling a little bit. He's going to try to press on him. He's going to try to use the the cardio, make him fight in uncomfortable positions. That's what he's going to try, try and to press do. and press and press. Yes. Takedown after takedown. He's going to make him try and grind on him, lift, slams, all of those things he's going to try to do to him and mix in the big shots, big power shots. Just out of nowhere could clip him. Yeah. It could Good. be. It could be. He's got to clip. Here's the thing. Out of the exchanges, if Cannoneer shoots in on the takedowns, can't get it, press him to the fence, breaks off of that, throws shots, he could clip him, get him in trouble, drop back down on the legs, get a takedown, and do some more work. You know, the, out of those exchanges, how we saw with um, Fabian Edwards and Lyoto Machida, like every break, every time you break away, you've got to be making him pay. You can't just break away and let him feel free. That, got like, okay, to land now we're something go back on to the, the exit. You always got to land something on the exit. Make it a dirty, grimy fight. If you allow Izzy to just feel comfortable in there, yeah, fuck, he's going to be like Tank Davis, man. He's just be fucking lighting you up and talking to his mama while he does it. Just, you can't <laughs> allow that. You can't allow that. And uh, so, and that's how Izzy is, man. Izzy, when he's, like, he's the guy that when he's in there, he feels so relaxed, so composed. Yeah. He's feeling it. He sees everything. He feels everything. He sees all the stuff that's going on in the crowd. And he's, he's, He's vibing with it, and when he he gets in that mode, that's dangerous. He's a dangerous, dangerous fighter. Did you see so that? Can't. Did you see that James Wilness is now in MMA and fighting? He says he wants to fight. Is he? You know who Wilness is? No. Wilness was the uh, he was the Glory uh, <clears throat> middleweight champion. Uh, Wilness has got wins over both Izzy. I did that fight, and one against Alex Pahea. Oh. so. He's he's now talking. Hey, I, I want both those guys and stuff. So we'll see if yeah. the UFC ends up signing James Wilness to uh, put in there. But it would be interesting. I didn't think when I did the fight, I thought Wilness was coming on. I thought Izzy won the first rounds though, and I thought Izzy actually won the fight. But Wilness got it. He's got a win against him. Yeah, Pahea though. Pahea's coming up, right? He fights Strickland Ooh, yeah. next. Yep, <clears throat> that's a good fight. See, that's that's another fight made. that I want. That's I want to like to see. 
told him. I was hoping to see the Strickland the fight. fight. The Strickland and Luke Rockhold fight. I thought that fight was going to happen. Didn't happen. Well, Luke threw his back out. Yeah, he got hurt. He had some bad ass. His back was fucked up for a long time. Shit, almost like John McCarthy fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty fucked up. All right, guys. Uh, let's uh, let's get into something. I think Dave has some fan questions, right? Yeah, we're going to do a bonus. A bonus round of some a fan bonus questions. Round. A bonus yep. A bonus round? Bonus let's do round. it. Okay, let's get into this. So Come on, this, let's go, Dave. This first question comes from uh, Nareg Darak Gian, who says, "Question for both of you legends: How do you see guy? Uh, how do you see? How do guys see a round fight between Usman and Adesanya fight playing? Whoa, that is hard to read. How do you guys see a round Jeez. fight?" Between people don't use grammar and then it's really hard to read. <laughs> How do you guys see a round fight between Usman and Adesanya fight playing? Also, what do you guys think is next for Arnold Allen? Thanks, f- love Fro Toronto. Love the show. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't think the Usman fight for Izzy is a good fight. Yeah, you don't either. I think that's that's one of those ones that you look at and you say. Taylor made as far as what Usman brings to the game and what Izzy brings to the game. That's a tough matchup, and that's a hard fight for Izzy in the fact that Usman can go to his wrestling and create situations that possibly puts Adesanya on his back. We saw what happened when Blahovich, you know, was able to uh, get the takedowns against Izzy. I'm not saying that Kamaro is as physically strong as Blahovich, but he ain't weak, and he's no. going to be able to do a lot of good work down there. He's got a gas tank. It's a real question of does he does he fight the fight as a complete mixed martial artist, or does he decide I'm going to show that I can stand up and strike no. with Izzy? Well, that no. is the question. You would hope that he doesn't and he fights the smart fight and says, I'm going to use my hands to get to my takedowns and take him off his feet, take him out of his, you know, the danger zone. But uh, that's one where I'm, you know, I would actually, I don't know what the odds would be on it, but I would lean towards Kamaru Usman actually winning that fight. No, not a chance, John. Okay, go ahead. No, I, no, I, like, I understand. Look, when you're talking about the two best guys and their, their division right there and 170 yeah. and 185. Yeah. Anything can happen, you know, and I'm not saying that Usman sure. doesn't have a chance. I'm just saying he doesn't have a chance. <clears throat> I think the I think the speed, I think the speed of Izzy is going to be some big problems for him. And not yeah. only the speed, but the reach and the style in which here's the thing. No one, no one that that Usman has fought is as crafty as Izzy on the feet. It's just these there's going to be kicks and punches coming from different angles um, the speed of that jab, the combination mix-up, uppercuts, all those things. Gilbert Burns kind of wobbled Usman a little bit. And Gilbert's fast. He's a fast fighter. He's probably, I think he's faster than Izzy, but he doesn't have the reach. Gilbert Burns doesn't have that reach. Izzy going to be able to touch him from far further away, which is also going to make it harder for Usman to get in on the legs. Now, if they were to fight in the apex... That might be making it a little bit easier for him because there's not much more room that's, to run. That's, and that's, not, that's not a fight you would see in the apex. <clears throat> yeah, I agree with you. I absolutely agree <laughs> with you 100%. COVID, but I'm simply over. saying if they fought in a smaller cage, yeah. you know, I mean, we saw Stipe and DC in the apex, you know, so I mean, like you would yeah, think but that, that was because of COVID. Be, COVID's well, over. Yeah, they could they could have done it in Florida. Uh, they could have done it in Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So, but you know what I mean? But, uh, but I agree with you. I don't think that's a fight we see in the apex. Look, Usman can get to the legs. I think it, the more times he has to shoot in a five round fight, because that's what it would be. The less, the, the, the less, the least amount of times he gets it, the less amount of time he gets it. If he doesn't get one or two of those, how spent will he be? We've, I've talked about this for the longest time. Guys like Usman, right? They're great when they when they're the ones doing the wrestling, when they're the ones controlling the takedowns. And no different than Colby. Colby, same thing. When they can't get takedowns, they start to slow down. And because it's a lot of pressure, wrestlers put a lot of pressure on themselves mentally to get a takedown. It's make or break. I've dedicated this much scramble. I've dedicated this much time. And when that takedown slips away, fuck, why didn't I get it? Damn, I had it. Oh, I could have done this. They mentally start getting on them. It doesn't matter how good of a wrestler they are. Look at DC John Jones. He started slowing down. DC did as soon as the takedowns didn't come. Fuck, he started. And then when he got taken down, shit, that just gets on you even more. And I'm just using DC as an example because that's probably one that most people will be like, oh, you know, they remember or they want to talk about it. Or they were like, oh, Josh didn't say DC and Jones. So I'm just throwing that out there. Look, there's wrestlers put a lot of pressure on themselves to get these takedowns. And when they don't get them, it starts to wear on them physically and mentally as well. And so I think yeah. Usman, if he doesn't get it early, he doesn't get the takedowns often, and then every round starts on the feet, it's going to be more difficult for him to get the takedowns as the fight goes on. And Izzy with the speed, so crafty on the feet, the reach, the range, the power, the size, all of those things will play a big factor, especially in the fourth and the fifth round. Just my my two cents. I Styles make fights. And it really comes down to yeah, Adesanya is a dynamite striker. No doubt about it. But his kryptonite is a guy that can hold him down. And I think Kamaru Usman can do that. I think Kamaru Usman can take him down and do work on the ground. And the other part of Usman is Usman's got a gas tank. He doesn't get tired. The guy can definitely push the pace. I just think, you know, styles make fights. And sometimes, you know, Adesanya is... Unbelievable. Usman's been pretty goddamn good too. They both have one loss. One loss. Do you look Each. at this fight as the the GSP Anderson Silva fight we never got? I look yes. at it. They're very similar. I do. But I don't I don't think that we'll ever see this fight either. I don't, I don't think that Adesanya wants to fight Usman. And I don't think Usman wants to fight Adesanya. I think they got that whole thing of Nigerian. hey, you know, they're both Nigerians. Both Nigerians. They're not gonna do that. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it, but eventually you look and you go, you can make a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, if it's yeah. like his last fight, if I guess Usman's last fight, he's got a lot more still left in the tank. You've already We've already heard Usman talk about, you know, a couple more fights and he's probably done or he might be done now. You know, he might do one more for a comeback fight and might be done now. I mean, I think he's looking as a play for more money, but if you want more money, fight Izzy. There's more yeah, money that's a right hard there. Fight for him, though. A really hard fight. Yeah, but that, but that. Hold on. Tell me this. It's those fights. Those fights that. That's what you're talking about. Those get you excited, as the fighter. Oh, there is some concern there. Oh, I know what I'm What I'm facing. I know how good that guy is. That pumps you up. As the champion, I always say it's tough when you never have that. You know that target to look towards because you're the target. Everyone's looking towards you. Now you have that target. 
that's something that you could say that's a target that gets me excited that gets me up in the morning that puts me in the gym i just think it'd be a great matchup well i mean like with izzy he really doesn't have any more anybody else after cannoneer he's got pahaya pahaya beats strickland maybe strickland kind of trickles in if he if he beats pahaya yeah. uh um there's that and then usman's got leon for the second time but then he's got Cosma, uh, Chamayev. That's all he's got. He doesn't have anybody else, really. Those are his fights to, to make. Maybe after they do those two fights, I don't know. That's all I can think of, you know? Yeah. We can only watch Colby and Usman so many times, and we can only watch Whitaker and Izzy so many times. So there's mm-hmm. going to have to be a mix-up in there. So if Pahea wins or Strickland well, wins, Col- you can... Colby's in that, Colby's in that same yeah. position as, as Vittori and Whitaker. And Whitaker. True. He's got he's got two fights. They were both great fights against Usman, but he lost both of them. And so it's not that they won't put him back in there a third time, but it's tough when you're in that position. Does Rockhold does he does he mix this thing up if with a big win over Costa? He mix it up. If he got a big win, he could he could definitely you know he would be stirring the 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 drink a little bit. He would be creating some motion there that people could look at and he would actually in my opinion jump above guys that are ready he's going to jump above Whitaker as far as the UFC saying we'll make that fight he'll jump above Vittori saying you know for the UFC yeah we'll make that fight he may not be ranked above him but if you're the UFC that's a fight you would make over putting Vittori or Whitaker in a third matchup against Adesanya yeah, do you need to see him fight maybe one more person before he gets the title shot if he beats Costa? You, you not, hold on. If he beats him, there's a difference. You said looks really good against him. Got it. You that's know? true. If it's if, a split he, decision, then that's, know, yeah, nothing. Yeah, exactly. But if he puts on a great performance and, and gets rid of Paulo. So if he, if he yeah, subs him. You could see. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If he subs him. Interesting. Subs him or knocks yeah. him out. Yeah. I can see them putting him there. If he doesn't, it's a close fight. I would say, yeah, they would want to see another fight more. from him. So. Interesting. What if he? Yeah. I can see him fighting the winner. We'll see. Let's see if he gets by. Apollo was like the worst fucking fight that I wanted out of all the guys. <laughs> I was like, out of everyone, really? Come on. <laughs> ah, he said, and he wanted. He got a fucking hard on for that guy, man. He wanted to. He's like, no, I want to yeah. fight him. He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right. Hey, when you're motivated for someone, yeah. get after it. Next. Look, oh. if there's one if there's one good thing that Luke has done, it is he's had he's had a long time yeah. off. A long time. And so he's been able to, you know, get himself back, let his brain recovery, have, you know, those things. I'm not saying that he can't be put out. Anybody mm-hmm. can be put out, but he's done the right things as far as get away from the sport for yeah. a while. He hasn't been taking abuse. That's all good things for him. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, he's he hasn't. No, he's he's been enjoying. He's been living his best life. <laughs> well, that's good. That's what he's been doing. That's what he's supposed to do. Uh, that's what he's supposed to do. All right, next from Dynasty THC. Question for the punk: What walkout made you more nervous when you were about to fight, or when you were cornering a teammate? Nothing wrong with being a homer. <laughs> Hands down, cornering a teammate. <laughs> Um, honestly, not until the end of it's one of the worst positions yeah, there is, not until the end of my career did I start. I loved fighting. I fucking loved it. The day of the fight, I was relaxed. I was calm, got my food. I had a routine. I fucking loved it. I'd show up like people were showing up like 
two, three, or you know, three or four fights when the UFC or the belt or Strike Force or whatever told them to show up. You know, they showed up when they needed to. I showed up early, man. I fucking couldn't wait to get there. I'd be in there for hour and a half, two hours before my fight. Start jumping rope, start stretching a little bit, start jumping, doing flying knees, doing well, just goofing around inside the locker room, setting up my stage, getting the music playing. I fucking loved it. Wasn't until the end of my career that I started getting a little bit of anxiety. And I think in reality, you know, you know that it's time. Like, you know, like for me, it was, I'm slowing down. I'm getting hit a little bit more in training. You know, I'm not having the performances. I, I sure you have your ups and downs in, in training, but you know how good you are. You know how good that you used to do against other guys in the gym. So when I got older, I started realizing, man, this, these fights, they shouldn't be, I know that I shouldn't be nervous for this fight, but I'm nervous before I didn't give two shits. I was like, man, psh, I got this fight. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you put in there. I was like, I'm going to win this fucking fight. But I started realizing towards the end of my career that I had very little time left. And because I, I didn't want to be, um, who did we talk to? And, and they were saying this. And it was very, it was very, uh, very nice in terms of, you didn't want to, oh, Paul Daly. He, you didn't want to be around long enough to become the joke. I don't want to be that fighter. Like I knew, like Paul's fought all everybody, everyone across the world. You know, we talked with him over his last fight. He's fought everyone, everybody, and they've all tried to wrestle fuck him to death. Okay, and a lot, and, and some, and, and a lot of people have. But fuck, that's the way to beat him. Like I, I understood what he was saying. He didn't want to be the guy. And I think in in reality, he knew what things have been like in training. He knew. You know, he feels like he's probably slowed down a little bit. It's frustrating. Like, oh, man, I'm not ripping the bag like I used to. I'm not hitting pads as fast as I used to. You can feel it. You know in your mind. You, yeah. you that's, the big, that's the hardest thing, I think, for fighters to do is look at themselves in the mirror and say, fuck, man, I am slowing down. Shit, you know, I'm not as flexible as it used to be. My, my body's not as, it's not recovering like it used to. You have to be honest and real with yourself. And that was the easiest thing for me to do. And this is not you anymore. Don't force this. Do not force it. And um, some of these fighters, they continue to do it. They continue to force it. It's not meant to be forced, man. If you got to force it like a ponytail, it ain't worth it. Like, just leave it alone. Let your fucking... <laughs> a ponytail. Yeah. Now that's... There's a good fight career and ponytail. Yeah. Don't force Don't either force one. Don't force Like It's just not one of those <laughs> things. And when I started walking, I got to be like, even for the Tony fight... It started, I think, right before... It started for not really the Benson fight. It kind of started a little bit for the Bobby Green fight. I just... I didn't feel like that is comfortable. I, it also felt a little bit like... I lost my shot of the title because I lost to Benson. So it was kind of yeah. like, all right, it's not the same anymore. The the enthusiasm, the pressure. Like, I enjoyed the pressure situation. Like, this is a big fight. Got to do it, you know? Just it wasn't my time, man. And, and for the Bobby Green fight, I was like, uh, I kind of fought a safe fight. It was in there just kind of more just having fun. And I felt a little bit more of the little bit of a tiny bit of anxiety before that. The Tony fight I did too because I knew I was leaving. I knew no matter what, whether I won that fight or lost that fight, I was leaving the UFC. I already knew it. Um, Scott Coker had been signed with Bellator. And I knew that I was like, you know what? No matter what happens, I want to finish my career with him as my promoter and just that I knew it in my mind already. I hadn't talked to him. We hadn't talked about, you know, me coming over or anything like that, but I just knew, I knew that I didn't want to be, I wasn't getting the feel and the love from the UFC, even before the Benson fight, all those things. And I knew that Dana never liked me. So it was one of those things I was okay with and comfortable with just understanding I needed to leave. Um, 
But then I also knew in all of my fights in Bellator, you know, um, uh, the guy that I fought, the Greek guy, um, shit, what was his name? Oh, Mike, uh, Mike, uh, uh when I fought Rodulis and I pop, fought Pablo Villaseca, like I had anxiety for those guys. And I'm like, why? Like, I knew that they weren't on my level, but it's like, I should have never had mm-hmm. that. And I was like, this is not, I'm not feeling comfortable anymore. And I thought maybe just cause it was a new, a new promotion, but I didn't love it as much. I didn't, I wasn't as, it wasn't excited as, as much for it. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the promotion. It wasn't the fighters. It was just me. I just knew where I was in my life and my career and it was time, you know? And I told myself, I said, you know, the next time you lose, you're done. Like you wanted to fight it out until you were done. And I, and I knew like in the, in the Patricky fight, I had a lot of anxiety getting ready to walk out. I was, he was staged. I was staged. Bellator does it before they walk down the ramp and he was staged and I was staged and I could see him there and I was there and we were kind of pacing back and forth. And, and I was just like, I'm not feeling this man. I'm just not, the anxiety wasn't what it was before. I used to be like, let's go, let's fucking go. I'm going to take this. I didn't feel it, man. I just knew. I knew right then. I was like, yeah, let's give it some time. Don't make any rash decisions in the cage if you lose, but just give it some time. I knew, I knew how to beat him. I knew I'd just wrestle him, take him down, you know, get in there. I didn't fight any of that way. I didn't fight. I didn't, I I don't think I shot one takedown. Let me throw hands all Yeah, and I just, I was throwing a lot of leg kicks. I was planning to get to the calf kick early, and I could tell it was bothering him because he started trying to kick my calf after that. So I knew it was having success, but you can only play with fire so much because he's got power in his hands, you know? But I should have been out there trying to wrestle a little bit more, making him tired, slowing him down, that type of stuff, and I just didn't, just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. I could tell I wasn't fighting my game. So that's when I knew. I knew it wasn't enough. Uh, Arnold Allen, what do you think? Who, what's next for Arnold Allen, Allen, right? What? Isn't that what he asked? No, that was the previous question. <laughs> oh, we never asked about that. Oh. Let me, let me, I'll put this one thing out for all the fans out there so you know. One of the hardest positions there is is to be the guy, it's the trainer out cage mm-hmm. side because there's nothing you can mm-hmm. do. Nothing. Your fighter goes out and is performing beautifully. All you can do is, hey, man, you're doing great. Give him a little bit of, you know, but your fighter's the one in control. They're going to either fight the way you guys planned or they're going to fight completely different, like Josh just talked about. The whole idea was to wrestle. And then all you have is a stand-up battle, and you're looking at them going, what are you doing? And they'll come back to the corner, and you go, did we we not have an idea of what we wanted to do? Where are you going with this? And they'll they'll say, okay, yeah, got it. And they go right back out and go right back to the same thing. And there's nothing you can do it's one of the most frustrating things you will ever do you have no control you care deeply about that guy winning it means a lot to you for them to get the win and you have absolutely zero power in making it happen it's a very frustrating you can tell when when coaches from the corner are happy with their fighter because they'll talk about it afterwards going it was like playing a video game you relate to like controlling your fighter like playing a video game Hey, press to the fence. Boom, right, press to the fence. Okay, give me some elbows and knees. Boom, elbows and knees. Okay, break off. Turn your back off the fence. Boom, turn your back off the fence. It's like playing a video game. That's when it's good. That's when you're feeling it. That's when it's good. And then when it's bad. Oh, it's it's bad. bad. Like, there's been been times, man. I've I've had, I've cornered Phil Baroni of all fighters. Fucking like playing a video game. And then there's times where it's just super frustrating. I cornered Phil. I can't remember in which, oh, the something Jansen fight over in, uh, 
in uh, Cage Warriors or something like that. It was over in the UK. It was in Wembley when there was nothing around okay. Wembley. Like the only thing you could see was McDonald's yeah. way down there, and that's that was all you could see. There was fucking <laughs> yeah. cow fields out there. That's all there was yeah. back then. That was Cage, Cage, Cage Warriors. Warriors, right? I think it was Cage Warriors, yeah. yeah. And uh, he knocked out Jansen, but it was like playing a video game. I said, stay patient, do this, do that, boom, 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 pieced him up, dropped him. I was like, holy shit. The fight wasn't long, but still, Phil, like there was moments, man, when I cornered him, even though there was a fight he fought in uh, in Rumble, was it Rumble on the Rock? And he lost. No, it was in one. He fought a Japanese guy. Maybe it was Rumble on the Rock. Anyways, he fought, I think it was in, anyways, he fought and... Even though he was losing, he got taken down over and over, and he was being controlled from the top. But he kept getting up, kept getting up. Yoshida, something Yoshida, the guy that Anthony Johnson knocked out. You 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 were in his corner for the Jansen yep. fight. Okay, I I used to use that fight as to show what a horrible referee nah. is because, and, and it was like, but I said, but this referee understood because Phil was was taking. Jansen down and just beating the piss out of him on the ground, and that guy would stand it up. Yeah, right. Put him back on their feet, and finally Phil knocked him fucking senseless. But I mean, this—I mean, Phil was doing everything you're supposed to be. He was in mount, beating the piss out of Jansen. This guy would stop it and pull him up. I can't believe that you were not. Losing I was losing my fucking, fucking mind in that corner. I was <laughs> okay. yelling All at right. him, and Phil's like, "No, no, it's okay." Oh. I was like, "No, no, it's not okay." And no, I was screaming not. at the fuck. What the fuck are you doing? I was so pissed. I was screaming at him. Dude, I was like, I, I actually used that oh fight because it was so bad. I mean, he was in mount yeah. actually freaking beating the piss out of him. And that guy would stop him and stand yeah. him up. And I was like. No, I know. This, the other thing, too, what not to do as a promotion. They let that guy's brothers in. His, uh, his two brothers came in and fucking sucker punched Phil afterwards. Yeah. They came into the cage and fucking sucker punched him oh, right, right after the fight. It was me and, uh, and and Coleman. So Coleman went up into the, it was getting ready to try to go up in the cage because we were the two corners. And fuck, man, Coleman lost his shit. I thought he was going to fucking murder somebody. <laughs> man, he fucking lost it. But I love yeah, it. anyways, yeah. and Baroni had a lot of nut grabbing and shit for the guys and the people in the audience because, you know. But no, it was it was a it was a very frustrating fight because for me, right? I go there, I really care, I really care for Phil, and cornering him and stuff like that. But Phil just sometimes he was yelling, he was like, "Oh no, it's okay." When he got stood up, I'm like, "No, no, it's not okay, Phil. It's not." He's like, "No, I got this. No, 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 no I don't give a fuck if you got it or not. This is not how this is supposed well, to go." It. He had it. He, he got fucking it. starched that kid. He was done. Oh, he went stiff. Dude. Boom. I mean, out. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he took a lot of damage on the ground. Yeah. Um, all right. All right, dude. next. All right, next question from Yakub. Yakub, for both, is there something unique <laughs> Yacoub, about Yakub? <laughs> is there something unique about Paul Craig's jiu-jitsu? He has subbed a lot of high-level fighters off his back, which is uncommon in, in MMA nowadays. Yeah, there is something special about it. He transitions very well. He knows exactly what he wants to go towards, and he'll he'll bait a guy into believing that he's going after the arm when all of a sudden then he's shooting the arm through going to the triangle and he'll transition back and forth creating a time lapse if you want to say that puts the guy in a position where all of a sudden now he's too far behind and he gets stuck in it uh, it's his transition everything about good grappling is your ability to chain those techniques together and transition from one to the next seamlessly 
that's what he does, and he does it in MMA. Does it very well. I agree with you. Yes. Uh, I think also, and I'm not to take anything away from Paul Craig, but I think also, too, in his weight class, there's not a lot of top-level jiu-jitsu guys, you know, that are fighting at the level in which he is. You might get one other one. I can't even think of it off the top of my head. But Paul Craig, is he's a rarity these days. Someone that's comfortable off of his back and attacking submissions. And a lot of these, uh, especially in those upper weights, they just don't train the ground as much that intense at that level of which he's training it. And that's what makes him so dangerous. He brings something. He's a throwback fighter. He really is. Someone who, like a Noguera, was comfortable yeah. off of his back. Armbar triangle, sweeps, get on top, smash. Like, that's his game. And I also believe that he's got probably some of the strongest fucking legs in the game. You can tell by the way he latches on to those triangles. The, the way he sucks the it way in. he sucks it in. Yeah. Like, he's got super strong legs. And I think that makes a huge difference. People underestimate the ability... And the strength of the legs. I look at guys like Anthony Pettis. Inside his guard, be very fucking careful. Outside of his guard and half guard or side control, nothing to be afraid of. His grappling is rel is his his grappling is is relegated to his inside the guard positioning. I think the same thing goes for Paul Craig. He, sure, he can attack a little bit better from the open guard as long as he's got wrist control, but that's still like a guard position. He is nasty fast with the way he attacks his triangle. And that's the way it should be. If you want to attack a triangle, your legs have literally got to come up and snatch around that, that neck. I want to use my inner thigh along the side of your neck. And I want to hit it so hard that it almost like jolts you and short circuits you. And so then you, don't un you can't really move for a split second while I pull the arm across. Paul Craig does that. The ability to like shoot that thing so hard that it really jolts your upper body and it kind of cranks your neck a little bit real tight. And then that pushes the arm across and then he finishes it and pulls you, pulls his heels to his butt and latches that thing down. He is fucking really good at attacking that armbar triangle game and mixing in with Thoma Platas as well as going back into the armbar triangle to sweep and get on top. He understands what his bread and butter is. People need to start realizing that that's what he's good at and just stay the fuck out of it. Like get get away from the guard, get away from that guard position. I've seen other fighters jump back in after they've, uh, you know, because he sits on the bottom and they're like thinking they're going to ground and pound him. Just make him get back up to his feet. Fight. Smoke. Well, they have ground and pound. Yeah, him. they have. They, he's taking some big yeah. shots at times. You go. Yeah, what are you doing? He ends up pulling it off. Yeah, I really Look. believe it's uh, the fact is there's a couple of things. He's got super strong legs. His transitions, like you said, are seamless. He chains it together very well. But I also think a lot of it is the guys in his weight class don't train jujitsu at the, the at the amount of time dedicated that he does. They don't train. They don't. They're not pushing themselves to learn that type of level jujitsu, and it's very rare these days for UC fighters learning that and working it and trying to implement it in their in their fight. And that's not. Wouldn't you like to see Vieira go from 185s where he loses way too much weight? Yeah. Be at 205 and take on Paul that Craig. That would be there. Uh, Vieira and him would be a fucking great fight. Vieira's got the edge, I think, on the feet, but and on the ground, I think he should have the edge. Should have the edge. He should, but I'm not sure. But I, I think where where Paul Craig has the edge is the cardio. Oh, but yeah. would that well, but, but would I, that change with the weight cut? It might be. You're talking a 20 pound yeah. difference in weight that you're not having to lose. That's true. That might give you know a little bit of a gas in the That's tank of Vera. So it would be that would be a great fight. And then I think also too with Vera understanding that majority of this fights can be on the ground. So where I make my money, 
I think the relaxation yeah. for him, not stressed, yeah, not stressed about having to try to keep it on the feet or having to get a takedown, you know. And then that's, per, I mean, I think it, that'd be a great fight. Now that you brought that up, we'll make yeah. a push for that. See, Fiera versus Paul Craig. Can, I'm doing it all the time for him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next. All right, last question from Peter K. Question for both: Because it's a hot topic these days, is control on the ground more important than control in the clinch? According to the rules, I can't figure this one out. John, I don't think it's control, more important. Go ahead. You got the takedown though, which it's makes it a little bit more important. But it like adds up, you, right? You got you, the takedown to get the fight to the ground majority of the time. So then that would be, you're, yeah, you're gonna get more credit from your judges if you take the fight and you put someone. Look, <laughs> let's let's make this as basic as we can, okay? If you ask any MMA fighter, hey. I'll give you, you're going to end up on the ground. I'll give you the top position. I'll give you the bottom position. Every one of them, every one of them will say, I'll take the top. Gilbert Burns, all it's not that they can't fight off of their back, but they'd rather be in the top position. They know that they have more tools available to them. There's things that they can do with striking and everything. If you put someone against the cage, they're going to say that's almost a 50-50. The judges are going to give more credit to the person that takes someone and puts them in a position that they don't want to be in. They don't usually want to be on their back. Now, you could say a Paul Craig or someone like that doesn't mind being on his back, but he'd rather be in the top position. So everyone, when put on the ground, the judges are usually going to give more credit to that form of grappling than they are the clinch game up against the cage because... The clinch game up against the cage requires striking. Yeah. It's what strikes do you land in that clinch because there's no submission attempts normally. You, you'll get ones like Vieira had against Holly Holm, but most of the time the fighters are going to you know, get their way out of those. You just don't have a whole lot of standing submission techniques other than, oh, I've got your back and you're a standing fighter. So... Those situations against the cage are much closer as far as 50-50 than being on the ground. On the ground, we'll say that, look, fighter on top, fighter on the bottom, fighter on bottom has him guard. That's as close to 50-50 on the ground as you can be. But up against the cage in the clinch, that's a much closer situation as far as who's winning the, the fight, who's winning the grappling exchanges because you need to bring striking in for it to be a clear, okay, you're putting them there because you're able to land strikes and do damage through the use of strikes. So is it the same? No, I'm going to say the judges give more clarity and more significance to someone once they take them off of their feet, put them on the ground than they do in the clinch against the cage. Yeah, by getting the fight to the ground, that gives you like basically like a point and controlling the where the fight goes. And when you're on top, it depends on I think how busy you are. You know, no different than when you yeah. clinch them against the fence, right? Depends on how busy you are. Holly Holm was not busy against Vieira. Vieira was not busy either, though. By the way, but um, you know, <laughs> but it's like say, it really well, depends. That makes two. Yeah, but I mean, like it depends on what you're doing. Look, when you said when you said <clears throat> you take guys like Gilbert Burns, they're really good off their back. Guys like Paul Craig, really good off their back, but they don't like to be there. They'd rather be on top. I, I try to explain yeah. this to um, younger fighters or young, younger jiu-jitsu players. 
because I've got a lot of young kids. I've got also two when you get new members that come in for that are adults. You're going to spend your white belt, blue belt, and some of your purple belt be in the nail. So that's when you're going to learn your bottom game. Most of it. You, yeah, you're going to, that's that's when you develop your bottom game is because you're on the bottom. You're going to have to learn how to sweep. You're going to have to learn how to attack your arm bars and your triangles from the bottom because you're the one being the nail. But when you hit that mid purple belt, brown belt, black belt level, you're the hammer. So your game starts to shift into being more of a top control. And the guys that are all in the UFC or the guys that are all in the Bellators and, the, and they're fighting at a high level, those are the ones that are used to being the hammer. So they don't want to be on bottom. No matter how good they are off their back, their game has changed over the years because they've been the black belt now and they've been competing at the highest level and they want to be the hammer. So no, sure. Beautiful they're, point. Sure, sure, they're good off their back, but they're going to continue to want to be the hammer because they can do, they have more options. They know how to pass. They know how to control. Neon belly. They know how to get to mouth. They know how to take the back from all different types, types of transitions. They would prefer to be the hammer no matter how good they are from the bottom. They spent those years already, white belt, blue belt, <laughs> purple belt level, being the nail. They don't want to be that anymore. So, well, go go back, go back and look at Damian Maya in his early days with the UFC, and take a look at. He didn't have wrestling. He had jujitsu. He was phenomenal in the jujitsu. His stand up was pretty weak, but he was actually taking people down by dragging them into half guard. He would drag them into half guard, and then he would work for the sweep and. Look, he did it to, you know, uh, Nate Quarry did it to Chael Sonnen, you know, and he actually hit Chael Sonnen with a, a takedown. But, but, I mean, that's how he could get to the top position with his jujitsu because he couldn't take those guys down most of the time off of a regular takedown. But then he started working. You know, he, you know, he was working his wrestling, and so it was getting better and better and better. And finally, you know, Damian Maya was hitting takedowns, and he was hitting a takedown like a wrestler would hit it because it was always better for him to be in the top position than it was the bottom. There's no guy that I, I can say, look, the, they're going to sit there and say, oh, obviously against you know a specific person, they might say, I'll take the, I'll take the bottom. But most of the time, yeah. they're all going to take the top. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, hey, once again, go to wayneandpodcast.com, pick up some of our merch available there. There's some short sleeve, long sleeve shirts. Sweatshirts, <laughs> coffee mugs, hats, nice. all the other stuff that's available. No Hoodies. hats. Sorry, no hats. Sorry, there's a fisherman's hat, but but Big John doesn't like it. So go to wayneinpodcast.com, pick up some of our merch. We want to thank you guys for continuing to listen to us, and we want to thank you guys for putting up with us. It is 5 in the morning. That is why we I am yawning so much. So I want to let you guys know. I I got to get some sleep, too. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's why. At least I'm not – for some – I think the air's cleared up here a little bit. I'm not coughing as much with the allergies, which is nice. But, um, but yeah, anyways. All the, all the pollen's out of the yep, air. Yep, it is starting to come out of the air. It's all on the ground growing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> also, too, I, I have a saltwater pool, and I notice that when I, when I swim a little bit more, it kind of cl- clears out my nasal cavities. Oh, yeah, the saltwater. Yeah, salt so water's good for it you. helps a lot. And I think yeah. that's one of the benefits of having a saltwater pool. It definitely flushes everything out, cleans it all out. And so I don't have that issue during the summer as much. That might be it. Yeah. But, uh, John, take Very us away, nice. bud. Hey, for everyone out there, thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Go out and do something well. Do something nice. Be good to people. For everyone, this, this is coming out after Memorial Day. I hope you had a great Memorial Day. And remember the people that gave you the ability to have the freedom to listen to us and to be kind to somebody. So please, go out there, be kind, and we will see you. 